When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. The realest podcast ever. The realest podcast ever. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. That used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. Y'all's the hate on all of my moves, but now niggas on it. That used to bait me on me and my views, but now niggas on it. I used to tell them I had me a show, but now niggas on it. Her homies on it. Your homies on it. The realest podcast ever. You can never mean you ain't as clever. What up, what up, man? We backed up, realest podcast ever, and uh, we Chad's here today. Chad's over one today. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, getting it together, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Hold on, wait a minute, let me is, get it together. This is what happens when you have to pick up the whole operation and run down the street. Yeah, like yeah, this. yeah, man. Um, yeah. This is the realest podcast ever experience. I'm your host, Chad Fane. I'm Matt Kane. y'all know what it is. Um, we're here back for the first time in a couple of weeks, man. We took a few weeks off. Uh, to be honest, we was mad at y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, was just... Chad was mad at y'all. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I pay y'all no money. <laughs> I, I, I don't uh, care. But, you know, I'm, o- I'm over that. You know, I didn't want to go uh, full Kanye crazy. You know what I'm saying? So we took a couple weeks off um, to, uh, to you know, get everything together, man, uh, going into this, you know, this partnership that we got coming up uh, with Revolt Podcast Network. Uh, shout out to them. Shout out to all of the, uh, you know, the powers that be over there. Ikea Dev, all the great people that, uh, you know, for work for Combs Enterprises and Revolt TV. Uh, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all, and uh, we're looking forward to this launch that's coming up in a few short weeks now, man. It's like we's already the tenth of September, so yeah. September, August was in and out of here, and now September moving like it got somewhere to be too. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, August August didn't August like it normally August. No, no, August usually tends to drag. August on. normally be Augustin, and that John did not August the way Augustus have Augusted. Yeah, we had before. our we, we had our live show um Saturday October uh, October. I'm already in next month. Saturday August 26th, and then with uh, Don't Call Me White Girl. Then we had our uh you know TRP Nation uh Revolt Podcast Network signing party immediately after. So we were all kind of like had this you know kind of like counting down the jail days like on, on the calendar or whatever toward that date and um you know it, every time we looked up it was like we we five weeks we four weeks we three weeks we two weeks we four days and i'm just like damn like and that john just kind of you know came and went and then immediately after august was over labor day boom boom no mate in america so philly was extra ass uh that weekend and yeah. uh now here we are september 10th and uh we already a third through the month of september yeah. You mentioned the interview we did with Nice. He 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 was like, follow me, and I'll follow your back. I followed him. He didn't follow me. Then he posted on his story. Was like, shout out to Chad and Big Dan for having me on their podcast. I'm like, does he think I'm Dan? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, mad strange, man. Like, I'll, I'll hit Nice. Uh, shout out to Chick for putting that interview together, man. That's going to be part of our rollout. One of the first. Four or five episodes that come out uh, for our revolt rollout or whatever. Um, super dope interview with a uh, free band, nice Rick, nice uh, from the Philly area, uh, Delaware County. Um, works with Future for the last nine years, man. Um, his creative director, you know, helps him with any and everything, uh, you know, visual, audio, all of that stuff, man. He's just a super dope 
humble dude that uh, actually never did a podcast interview before. Yeah. That was his first one with us. Yeah, you gotta tell. He was yeah. he was leaned back way too much. Yeah, he was super cool. Yeah, way <laughs> too super cool at one point. Like, yeah. But it wound up being a good conversation. That story he told of Kanye was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Like it was it was it was a good joke, man. So yeah, so we uh we got that in the can. Uh, shout out my brother Tone Oof. Trump. We uh we got an interview with him in the can that's gonna go big viral. He was popping it on that joint. Yeah. Uh, what else we got going on right now? We got uh oh yo yo Chubbs is is in the can. Uh, that actually might come out before the rollout or whatever. That might be out uh, sometime this week or next week. So be on the lookout for that. And then um we also got our first billionaire coming on the show soon. I still can't tell you all his name, but we got that coming up. We was discussing that before we cracked the mic today. So it's an exciting time to be part of TRP. And it's like as all of these things are happening. In these moments, and then they unfolding on social media and all of that. It's making it that much easier. The job is becoming a little bit easier. Do you feel that? Like stuff is starting to like come to us. Can I be honest? Yeah. The way I felt in the last couple of weeks was like I felt very lethargic. Real. That's real. I felt very lethargic to like the nuance of recording the show. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes like, a ton like, of sense. It, it, it's, it's like. I ain't gonna hold you. Like you would hit me and be like, like think even even when I saw you at the hotel, that you was like, "Yo, we like gotta do Patreon," and I was just like, "I know, (laughs) I know." Like, but I I I wasn't like I don't know. Just you know how I'm normally like, "Yo, what day? What we?" I'm leaving out, Dan. I'm just like. (laughs) All right now, <laughs> like, see y'all niggas later. Yeah, like I, I just wasn't. Yeah, you haven't really been fraternizing after the shows, none of that. You just kind of on the mission on where you're going. I mean, and I know it's it, it, that that energy, you know, it fluctuates. You know, and that again, that's real life. There are some days where you know, at the end of the day, do I love doing this? Yes, I enjoy it. I think we great at it, but it is it is work, and yeah. some days it feel real worky. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's just real. Like, some days I come into work and I'm talking to everybody in this motherfucker. Then there's days where I come into work, I'm like, yo, bet nobody bet not say shit to me while it... That's reality. Yeah. I was having a conversation with Rob. We was talking about, like, just, you know, going into new spaces and new places. It's like, you want to walk into the room the same way you came into your old room, but you don't know what to expect in this new room. Yeah. I walk into the old room as, as like, think about how we used to walk in the last media. I mean, last out. Mm-hmm. We essentially own the building. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was with all the other shows. They kind of all was like that with us, and everybody was like that. And you felt the energy from them, like Taylor, to own all of them. Like, oh, y'all in the, and, and I know walking into this building, it's like, who the fuck is these niggas? Yeah. Like, chill, Puffy, we, we, <laughs> we signed them. Puffy, like, it just, you know, so it's it's one of those things where it puts you in a space of, like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, we're, we're definitely in a transitional period. And, um, you know, like you said, we're, we're you know, kind of starting from scratch, so to speak, where it's like, you know, it's, I, I, I equate it to being, like, an artist. And it's like, you run the indie route, you hit the Chitlin circuit, you hit the C markets, you hit the B markets, you hit the A markets, then you finally get a record that cracks, does radio, or gets playlisted, whatever, whatever. Now you and motherfucking Warner Music right. Group. And but now essentially it's like, yeah, you're getting rewarded for your talent. But 
now that whole grind, that repeated grind, got to start over because it's like, yo, we need to see you do it again. Exactly. And it's like working your way, you know, back up or whatever. So um, one announcement that I can make that I haven't, we haven't made because we haven't been here since right. this whole thing kicked off is uh, we are going to two shows a week. So our mm -hmm. plan going forward is to do a, have a Monday show, have a Thursday show, uh, you know, every week. And in a perfect world, it would be like an interview, a rundown show, an interview, a rundown interview show. Topics, yeah, yeah, interview yeah, yeah, topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be it would be something to 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 that to that effect. You know what I'm saying? And some shows, uh, you know, some of these guests are going to call for a 30 minute or 40 minute interview. Some are going to call for the full two hours. I, 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 some are going to be overtime. I was thinking about that shit the other day. Like one thing we're going to have to like really I don't even know if we're if if it makes sense for us to do it, but have you noticed we don't really have like a structure as far as far as time? Like we'll have a rundown, right? Yeah. Let's say the rundown got five things on it. We could end up spending four minutes on the first topic and then an hour and 52 yeah. minutes on the second topic. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if we need to be structured as far as like 2020, 2020, 2020. I don't think so. I don't think we need to be like PTI no. where they got the time running on the screen. The, the beauty of podcasting is this, is that it, it's, it's supposed a, to go it's anywhere. An, it's an open format. Right. And... Every topic doesn't deserve the same amount of attention, the mm -hmm. same amount of brain power, the same amount of wit and thought and intuition and all of that shit and peeling back layers because some shit just is what it is. Right. So with that in mind, it's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, like you said, we might have five topics. Sometimes we got 13 topics we come in on the show and everything is 13 minutes. Like we just power through them Jones, whatever, whatever. But some shit is like, you know, more of a hot button issue is more prevalent to media, to society, to culture. And I think that our audience relies on us to, Dig in on those topics. And mm -hmm. I think it's we, we have a very strong bond with our audience where they let us know, like, y'all need to talk about this mm -hmm. shit. I can't wait to hear about this. Like, for this week, for the last two weeks, really, the big talk has been, like, are y'all when are y'all going to talk about this BS High documentary and all of that I'm shit? I'm going to watch it tonight. Yeah. Like, I'm, it's on my thing to watch tonight. So, yeah. yeah so, we'll it's like, people want that. us to talk about that. So, hey, guess what, guys? You ain't getting that today. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon, though. <laughs> Patreon.com slash official TRPE, though. It's fuck around be on there this yeah. week because I'm watching it tonight. Yeah, so. so it's like, and you know, then that's the other thing. As creators, we're trying to find, you know, the perfect balance between what goes on the main feed, what goes on Patreon, what goes on Patreon and then hits the main feed. Mm -hmm. Like, all of these different things or whatever the case may be. And going forward now with this partnership that we got with, uh, with you know, Revolt Podcast Network or whatever, it crystallizes it more to where it's like, you better not put none of that Patreon shit on your, on your mm -hmm. main feed because now you in fucking breach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we have exclusive rights to content that is housed here only. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, with that in mind, it's like, all right, cool. So now we got to... Yeah, damn. I didn't even think about that. We can't mix... We yeah. can't mix uh, the, the house money with the with the outside yeah, money. Can't do it. Yeah. Damn. So yeah, Patreon shit is exclusive. Patreon, Patreon shit is our... exclusive. So so now it's like... So so what that does is for all of, a, all of the patrons out there, your Patreon... A subscription because that much more valuable right because now you know everything that goes on here is only on here mm -hmm. there is no double dipping no. there's no oh let's throw the umar interview on here for four days as a preview and then drop it on the main feed with a, no there is none of that it's 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 just there's patreon content you actually a, read the contract yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, i've read every it's nine pages i read every page but there's a separation of you know of church and state so to speak, that's going to, you know, exist or whatever the case may be. And it's like not to say that those episodes won't end up airing 
um, some of those Patreon vi- like videos and stuff won't end up airing on mm-hmm. our YouTube channel and stuff like that or whatever the case may be. But as far as like RSS goes, that audio will not be, you know, there will be no crossover between the audio. So go to, I say that to say, we have free subscriptions on Patreon for seven days. Go to patreon.com slash official TRPE. Sign up now, get your seven day free subscription to the VIP tier. You can listen to all the content that you can handle. Um, and then after that, you know what I'm saying? You got to give us a couple bucks, you know what I mean? But, you know, we, we giving out testers, you know what I mean? We treating this like, uh, like 40 side, like Baisley projects, giving out testers for the new product and let y'all know, you know, what to expect over there. I got a phenomenal message from, uh, somebody on Patreon the other day. I actually want to read it because, these are the type of testimonials that you can't pay for. Um, he said, gentlemen, this is the best content $25 has ever given me. I cancel my Netflix, Hulu, and Max because they no longer serve a purpose in my life. I anticipate and look forward to hearing what y'all have to say every week. The dynamic of y'all content, the way y'all speak so intelligently and with confidence is so dope. Great intellectual conversations and gems that y'all share is phenomenal. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for your time, knowledge, honesty, dedication, and humor. Continue to be true to self and enjoy your journey to greatness. God bless. Mm. Thank That's you. a five star review. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I, I'm not canceling my Netflix, but I, you know, <laughs> shout out. And and that's somebody that uh, you know originally from the Philly area, relocated, moved to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, whatever. We was like actually having like a real conversation, you know, off of that, whatever. And it's like, yo, you want to get my attention? Send me some shit like that. Like we we could talk all day after that. Yeah. All the snarky like dickhead shit that I keep yeah. in, encouraging and encountering rather on social media and on Patreon inbox and all that shit. I've had enough of it. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Lie. I've had enough. You've gotten to me. I've had enough of it. I've had enough. And I know it's only going to get worse. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, I, but yeah. I, I can make a, a small. And that's report. what I more so was was meaning earlier when I was saying like where I where I've been I guess mentally and like you know look at look at those those comments from when we did the show with Mona. It's the the comments were literally half of them was like oh he's so handsome. The other half was like I hate him talking. So it puts me in a mind space of like yo you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just cover myself in shea butter and <laughs> shut the fuck up for every episode. Like it, them Jones they fuck with you after a while. Yeah. They get to you. So I definitely get like alright I've had enough. You know what I mean? So I uh I'm 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 anxious yeah. to see you know where where we can go what we can get it to. I'm, I'm really anxious about the whole we got a whole nother situation uh, we waiting on some words right now some, some emails and shit yeah. but like you know, because if you if we get that, that opens up a whole nother. Exactly. You know, I fuck around be hosting Jeopardy. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, so the uh, but all in all, I, I I'm I'm good. We're here. Let me ask you this, because before before we cut the mics on, Chad was giving me his like monthly rundown of how to scam. And yeah, I'm scammer, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were talking about like just the 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 nuance of the modern day scammer because you know there are different scammers like you know the New York scammers aren't like the Atlanta scammers nothing alike right but then the overseas scammers are nothing like the Palo Alto you know what I mean like yeah. it's it's different scams yeah it's, it's, it's definitely some scam divisions yeah it's like the uh what 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 the uh the super African what they call it. The uh the diaspora, yeah, yeah, the diaspora, diaspora, the scam diaspora is really yeah, crazy. Depending on shit. where you are, who you with, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying. The rules of engagement are different, and the scammers adjust. Yeah. You know what I'm saying to those particular <laughs> rules. <laughs> I remember. I don't know why it just popped in my head. Do you remember that little time period where motherfuckers was looting everything? Yes. Remember that the George Floyd, all of that. <laughs> 
They they tore up that little gas station hut on 19th and Gerard. That little hut gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they tore that hut out the frame. They just tore the tore the whole plaza apart at 52nd and Columbia. Penrose Plaza was like boarded up completely and shit. But it was so funny because they 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 took everything out the, <laughs> the little hut. And the old head George was like. Yeah, man, ain't shit in that gas station, but what do you say? Uh, Red Bulls, dick pills, and calling cards. <laughs> he said, nigga in the house with a headache, dick hard to the motherfucker. <laughs> Call it Africa every 10 minutes. <laughs> and what y'all doing? <laughs> What's happening over there? Call it Africa every 10 minutes. <laughs> How the motherland treat you? Dumb shit. Yo. But it's like you think about the Africans with the calling shit, the calling you. Mm-hmm. You you know there's a joint that was going around for a little while where they was calling motherfuckers pretending to be the IRS and telling you, yeah, you oh, owe, yeah. You I owe know 15, people that got them calls. Yeah. The, the law is on the way right now, but we can call them off with the search warrant for two hundred dollars. We can send us two hundred like <laughs> and motherfuckers was doing I got one of them calls. I remember I was yeah. at work. I I was driving to twenty seven, you know I used to be at Boscos and shit. I got off the bus, phone ring, I answered. She was like, is this Matthew Kane? We're calling down from the IRS and da-da-da. you owe almost $17,000 in back taxes and there's a warrant that just got issued for your arrest. You're going to get picked up within the next hour. They're on their way to you and uh, you can get rid of that. You can make a small payment a day and then a monthly payment a day. All this shit. And I'm like, say what now? She was like, the warrant, the warrant has already been issued. <laughs> it's been signed by the judge. They will come and get you in the next hour. And I'm like, straight up, I got nine hours on the 27 tonight. Come get a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> like, come get me. I'll wait. I'm at the boss guy. I'm at the north entrance. Come get me. She hung that fucking yeah. phone up. Like, don't, don't sweat me. Don't uh, threaten me with a good time. I'm, yeah, I'm people, at work till one in the morning. Come pick me up scams, right now. Those scams worked so good that the IRS had to issue, like, a, a real release, statement. Like, like oh, we will never ask you for money ne- over we will, the phone. We, will, we did not call you, no. and we will not ask you for money over no, the phone. No, and you know, Lee, work for that. That is a real thing. The IRS will never ask you for any payment information over the phone. No, you come down here yeah. or mail that shit. Don't fucking do yeah, nothing. We're going to lock you up. We're yeah, not you telling gonna, you. We're going to hit you with the stick and tase you, and then we're going to drag your ass here. But we is not going to ask you for no bread over the phone. It's just so funny watching, like, because you, you, we talked about it recently. I don't know if we mentioned it on Patreon or if it was just like a private conversation with us, but you remember when everybody who was tearing it up with the poo and all that was going away? Mm-hmm. Remember when that was like the energy around everything? Yeah. Man, it's, man, if you did anything, they coming to get you. And I'm here to tell you, motherfuckers has not been came to get you. No, absolutely not. Like, what, what people didn't understand, you know what I'm saying? Here's the, here's the problem. Being online and having like the ability to bat, 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 send has made everybody some form of a fucking expert. Mm. And it's really made y'all more annoying than anything. Because yeah. I'm going to keep it a buck. The majority of you motherfuckers don't have any insight or any life experience to even speak on a lot of these situations. Yeah. The federal statute for pursuable financial crime is $100,000. If everybody in the motherfucking country which it wasn't everybody, but let's say a third, let's say 100 million people mm-hmm. got the $40,000 for the PPP loans, which, number one, the shit was advertised on television and print and on billboards. Yeah. They were encouraging people to take this money. You know why? Because they fucking had to give it away. And it was like, a, it was a user to lose it. It was like, yo, we don't get this money away. We can't repivot like, it's like, it's or like reassign Chick, it's it. It's like Chick-fil-A points. Yeah. Because last week, I had 2,200 <laughs> Chick-fil-A points. I went on there yesterday, I got 427. Yeah, took them I away. Ain't, I ain't order a tender. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened. I lost 1,800 Chick-fil-A points. Yeah. 
Nonsense. Because the shit is on a timer. Uh-huh. And it's like for the federal government, when they do these big, robust plans like with Trump signed and then the CARES Act that uh, Biden signed and all of that shit, this money is allotted for specific programs. This is for social services. This is for philanthropy. This is for housing. This is for uh, aviation. This is for infrastructure. This is for whatever, whatever. And it's like that money doesn't get reassigned to other divisions if they don't use it. So what happens Independent agencies, because the government doesn't have a way to disseminate the money, they allow independent agencies and banking institutions to disseminate the funds. So now, fucking Blue Vine and uh, Blue Acorn and this fucking fucking yeah. little small metal metal lark regional bank <laughs> banking trust of South Ohio, they yeah. fucking run advertising because they want to get their vig off of issuing the fucking paper on the bridge. What was a uh, demolition man? John Spartan trust loan. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Bobby Axe Capital. Yeah, like any shit. fucking bank you can think of. <laughs> so, so, John so, Spartan so, so, with loan. that in mind, if y'all can't look at that in it in itself on a macro level and see that nobody was going to fuck the. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Jail, because of the simple fact that they're pushing, it's almost like, I need to make me a motherfucking business. It was mm. almost to the joint where it's like, it was so omnipresent. You had to know, yo, unless somebody just completely out of pocket, niggas ain't going to jail. And the only people that went to jail was motherfuckers that was banging them for multi-millions. Um, the fucking player from the Jets, the nigga uh, 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 Mo Fane that was from mm. Love and Hip Hop, shit like that. Like, yeah, I got a trucking company, 77 employees all over the motherfucking country, da da da. Mm-hmm. He had one truck. They like, all right, nigga, come yeah. with us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, nigga, come like, with us. Like, certain shit was just egregious. You know what I'm saying? Ew. But it's like, and here's the kicker: the money was forgivable. Yeah. Like, and the the, the people I, were straight getting them joined, but the the, the forbearance, not the forbearance, the forgiveness, forgiveness. Yeah. yeah, they was yeah. The forgiveness application was so easy. It was like three questions. It was three questions. Yeah. If it was like, it was like, oh, you black, yeah. you automatically qualified yeah. to get for forgiveness. Yeah. Right on, right, on. <laughs> right on. Because right. you know why? Because every year there's billions of dollars earmarked by the federal government for black people, and we never, they never can give the fucking money away because most niggas have quote-unquote businesses but never push the paper to make sure that they sit is set up. So as annoying as the LLC and the get your escort and your trust niggas are, technically they're right. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that stops most niggas from getting funded historically and getting some of this free money is you don't have your paperwork in order. Yo, I know several people, like how uh, Big Reese say several niggas. <laughs> like, I know several people who get grants every, like, 90 days just... just yeah. Applying for grants, applying. You'll be surprised. Like all kinds of little small businesses, 2,500 here, 3,000 here, 6,800 here, 10 grand here. That shit is real. I'll give you you a quick story. I just talked to my homie from Baltimore the other day, whatever. Um, You know, street guy, turn his life around, whatever. He has uh, two businesses that are basically under the same umbrella of the one larger company or whatever. He has transitional housing for people recovering from uh, fucking inpatient drug treatment. Mm -hmm. And then he has his own... Um, outpatient drug treatment facility or whatever the case may be or whatever, right? It's him and three other partners. He said that they get grants for everything. Mm -hmm. 
He was like, bro, he said, they got shit like, they got monthly grants that come out, whatever. You just got to stay on top of it. He said, they got to join like, oh, pizza party. You, you gave the fucking, the, the, uh, the recovering addicts a pizza party. He said, we just want to give them the pizza party anyway. Grant 10,000. Like shit mm. like that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you uh, fucking, Extra you got, yeah, you, you got four, you got four uh, company vehicles in your fleet. Give us the VIN numbers and da, 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 da. That's a, you get a rebate, motherfucking 3,500 of vehicles. Shit like that. It's like, it's grants for everything. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yo, on top of the money that we made, which oh, yeah, was which was close to, uh, they've been in business since January. He said that they made close to three quarters of a million dollars in billing, including some money that they had to give back to the government for some improper billing, whatever, whatever. So he's like, yeah, we gave back 66000 still made almost three quarters of a million dollars, and this other grant money that that comes through literally every fucking month for all this various shit, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. And he's like, as we continue to get ex- to expand and get bigger, we'll just continue to just make more fucking money. He said, because there's certain key markets around this fucking country where opioid abuse and all of that mm-hmm. shit is super duper prevalent. It's like, so all you got to do is go out here and recruit and find people that got state insurance, you know what I'm saying? Let alone if they got private insurance, now you really could run it the fuck yeah. up and you could just fucking make money. And it's like, yo, it's like the reverse of like the home healthcare shit where it's like, yo, it's the same discipline where it's like, yo, you got a relative that's aging or, you know, sick, injured, got some sort of life-sustaining injury, whatever, whatever, um, and they need motherfucking care. You got the home health shit and it's like, they get tons of fucking grants and subsidies and all all of that shit from the government because you're dealing with fucking insurance. Mm-hmm. The problem that a lot of niggas make though, when you're dealing with insurance, you can't play around with like fucking reporting mm-hmm. and billing and shit like that. And it's like if you don't have nobody that's skilled in that shit, yeah, yeah, you need a guy. You yeah. need somebody that's dedicated to that shit. Really, you need four of them motherfuckers. Like this motherfucker ain't one of us. He one of them. Exactly. Like, yeah, he so where it's like a them. compliance officer, kind of like on Billions where they hired mm-hmm. fucking Spiros to come from the SEC to yeah. be their compliance officer for X Capital. Yeah. So where it's like, we know we under fucking compliance right. because we got the motherfucker that used to pursue us to come work for us. Yeah. It's that sort of shit. Billions was really good up to a certain extent. Yeah, you know they brought Bobby X back this mm-hmm. season. Yeah. So far, he only been in like three episodes for like bit parts or whatever. I said I was going to start it over and like Kept re started over and rewatched. The first three seasons of Billions and the first three seasons of Homeland are arguably the best television that's ever fucking. I think the first two seasons of Ozark was right up there too. Yeah, yeah, and that went off a cliff. Yeah, they had the they had the mental health angle and they just fucked all that. The brother and all that. Once he got I was just like, all right. The brother was wild annoying. Yeah, was super annoying. (laughs) Super duper annoying. I'm like, shoot him. Yeah. Throw him in the lake. Mm. Like, what what is going on here? Let me ask you this though. With all the, the scam and shit we talk about, how much longer do you think the the non scammers can survive? Um, six months. Dog, <laughs> like not trying to be it's funny. Al- it's getting to a point where it's like, you know how they say in football, if you're not, in sports or whatever, you're not cheating, you ain't trying. It's almost yeah. like that. It's becoming that yeah. way in life, bro. Where it's that like, was yo, your if, man if, on the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, if you like, ain't scamming, you ain't trying hard enough. Yeah. Because ev- I'm t- here to tell you, everybody's fucking scamming. Yeah, or feeling it. Yeah, or yeah. feeling the effects from not scamming. From not scamming. Like all my not scammers right now are trying to figure it out. Yeah. From the, the top to the bottom, non-scammers are all... And, and regardless of where your life is at, if you got luxury vehicles, you trying to figure it out. If you don't got a luxury vehicle, you still trying to figure it out. If you don't have a car, you... Every, trying to get a car. <laughs> every non-scammer right now is like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. Even, like, even my homies that's like hustlers and shit like that, they're feeling it. 
Yeah. This shit ain't the same. Like, I got one friend that's like, the money is chasing me at this point. Every other nigga I know that's fucking hustling or street adjacent or whatever, they like, man, I'm just, I just picked up extra shifts at the gig because, yeah. like, this, this, this uh, mm. soft phone ain't cutting it. Dog, did you see they said that um, they reported $65 billion is going to be bet this year through FanDuel? That's the lottery effect of fucking sports because betting. everybody right now is like, man, I don't know what's going on. If I could put 15 and bring back 900... That's a that's a week's of work. Yeah. Let's see if 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 Mac Jones can yeah, like motherfuckers are really when you got like high schoolers is on FanDuel, like, no, nah, because I gotta get some Rick My Owens. Nigga, like, NFL players oh, are on FanDuel. On FanDuel. Yeah. Multiple NFL college athletes. Oh. The one nigga they booked, I think, from the from the easy to the Titans or the Raiders, whatever. Mm -hmm. They said this motherfucker bet. 22 bets over the, however long they was tracking him. 22 bets for a total of like $1,100. I was like, oh, he was just putting in silly-ass yeah. parlays. Like, he was just on... boredom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see if I hit something. And then if he would have hit something, he might have came back and, and really hammered it, but he never probably hit nothing mm -hmm. big. So he was just like, just kept putting in these little small meager bets. It was a kid from, um, I think, I don't know if it was University of Georgia or Florida State. Did you see that a few weeks ago? I saw it, but I can't remember one what of them. Was. One of them put in like 97 bets for yeah. like almost $70,000 or mm -hmm. some shit over the course of one year. I'm just like, bruh, how is it that these young men don't understand that you getting a free education, you getting a fucking full college experience. You playing college football potentially at um you know at a D one program that feeds to the NFL. You don't realize like yo you potentially throwing your whole future away fucking sports betting because the the again the energy of where we are now in life is just totally different. Yeah, back in the day it was okay for you to have a twelve year plan. You remember twelve year plans? Yeah. Remember 10-year plans? Remember three-year plans? Oh, <laughs> three-year plans is how to Now <laughs> it's like a motherfucker might have a 60-day plan. <laughs> like in 60 days, we're going to be billionaires, or I don't know. And because of all of the shit they see, like, think about it, You don't even got to be, like, into, like, nigga nonsense no more. If you just get on the Instagram and you follow Roman from CRM, mm -hmm. if you follow uh, Nico from over your... If you just follow these motherfuckers, you like, man, I got to get a rose gold protect. Yeah. Like, sooner or later, something going to have to shake, and yeah. I'm going to have to spend $270,000 on a protect. I get, <laughs> they just dropped a Phantom Coupe that's $30 million. <laughs> As if a Phantom that costs four hundred grand Wasn't egregious isn't, enough. Isn't, <laughs> isn't unobtainable. They're like, no, but understand me, this is one-on-one. You know what I'm saying? This is one-on-one. Dog. It take you four years to get on the wait list Dog. to get one of these. Dog. Look at the private jet shit and how that shit got for a little second. Where it's like everybody just popping up with jets. And now you're starting to see the energy of motherfuckers like man, pulling I, back I, from I it. To get the, man, they listen, pulling I, back from it. Did I, you see Akon on Impulsive? Dog, Akon, I, Akon did it. Yo Gotti. Yo Gotti. Yo Gotti, said, Yo Gotti said, I can't afford it. Yo Gotti said, I bought a fucking tour bus and realized this was dumb as shit. Like, this is so crazy. The tour bus broke down the first, first tour, night. First <laughs> night. First <laughs> night of the tour, tour bus broke down. Tour bus, 400000 He said, the big boy was like 400000 He was like, yeah, he was like, damn, that's, 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 that sound kind of light. He was like, yeah, because that was the used joint. Brand new, $2 million. <laughs> I, I said, I got 
Right. Yeah. yeah Akon, uh, uh, Akon straight up said, he said, man, he said, I, he said, I, he said, I only use private jets as a way to get more money. If it's like I'm trying to entice a client or something like that. He was like, but on a day that I'm not doing that shit. Oh, he's like, I'm flying first class. He said, my wife fly first class. I might fly economy. I don't care. I got to get where I'm going. Yeah. He said, Yo Gotti straight up said, I can't afford it. He said, I fly first class. I get my points. You know what I'm saying? He said, I got certain artists. He was like, they say, I, I got to have a jet. It's, I can't even think about it. And it's like, this is how somebody like, and I love Meek to death. This is how somebody like Meek could look up and say, I never got a royalty check ever from Atlantic Records. Okay, you were flying private for a decade. Mm-hmm. That shit adds up, bro. Yeah. You flying from Philly to fucking, from Teterboro, which is New Jersey, to motherfucking Miami, or Teterboro to Atlanta. on a Even on a super crazy plan, that shit is 12000 each way. Mm-hmm. And you the only millionaire in the circumference, right. so that you're just putting that shit on the, on the budget, yeah. on your Atlantic Records account. Yeah. That shit ain't free. It feel yeah. free. Yeah, it feel free in it the moment. It feel free. Yeah. It ain't free. Yeah. Somebody gonna pay for this shit. Yeah. And when Atlantic invoice you for it, it might have been twelve thousand because it's Atlantic Records and they flying jets all over the motherfucking world, but they gonna invoice you for eighteen thousand mm. for each way. So now you paying a thirty three percent premium on every motherfucking flight you take yeah. just because you didn't take the money out of your pocket and just go ahead and pay it. But it's like you start to see once you start reaching certain upper echelon levels of rich, like a Yo Gotti. It's like, all right, so take a Yo Gotti and take a Rick Ross. They both, I think, are similar levels of rich. Rick Ross might be a little bit richer because he's been making some outlandish purchases Mm -hmm. that you almost can't explain. But you see Yo Gotti, he's starting to become more frugal the more money he makes because I want to keep all of my money. Mm -hmm. You see Rick Ross going to kind of the opposite direction where it's like, cool, I'm going to buy all of this shit, but I'm going to own it all. To where if I get in a pinch, I can liquidate this shit and be back on my motherfucking feet. I will say Rick... And this isn't a knock to Yo Gotti because I like Yo Gotti. But Yo Gotti, to me, is like a typical rap nigga of the modern era. There isn't much personality in him. Right. We like Yo Gotti because of the street tales and the the what he is to the Memphis area and what he became. Absolutely. He legitimately made a song, like, basically saying, I, I'm, I'm going to get this bitch through DM and then got the bitch through yeah. the DM. Like, a decade yo, later, but yeah, nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? And he looks... <laughs> Quite miserable at times. <laughs> looks super sad. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Super sad. Rick Ross on the flip side, Rick kind of realized every time I speak, it's like lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Rick Ross doing that dumbass interview about baseball. Why is he doing this? Yeah. But him saying, don't you want to see the kids cheer when you hit home runs? Don't you want to sell, sell hot dogs? Don't you want to sell hot dogs? Don't you want to sell memorabilia? Memorabilia. Like, think about Rick Rose went to AEW wrestling and literally cut arguably the best promo that has happened since Stone Cold did kick at the ring when he said that allegations, allegations. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Ross is funny as shit. So he kind of understood his personality and the fact that he could, you know, muster up uh 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 What's the word I'm looking for? He could uh, create awareness in right. anything he did. Mm-hmm. So when he got with Wingstop, he just called, started doing lemon pepper to the point where I've seen lemon pepper more than I've seen salt and pepper yeah. in the last 10 years. 
You would think salt and pepper just didn't exist. Niggas yeah. is putting lemon pepper on everything. Yeah, he he made he made it omnipresent. Rick Ross is the catalyst for lemon pepper coming to the Absolutely. Forefront. You could argue that all you lemon want. Lemon pepper been around our whole motherfucking lives. It's I, been here. I never I'm 40 years old now. When I was up to the point I was 30, I haven't heard it as much as I did from 30 and a half to 40. Straight up. And that's because of Rick Ross. Rick Ross did a lot, so he kind of knew. And then you watch him buy Evander Holyfield's house, where it's like everybody was like, yo, you know, this house has been abandoned. This is kind of a stupid-ass purchase. It's, it's 102 rooms. This is gigantic. It's the biggest estate in Georgia. It was a money pit yeah, for it's Evander. an albatross. You're right. And you saw him completely revamp that to where now that's a landmark. Yeah, and a money tree. And a money tree. He's making a lot of money from this residence. And Rick Ross is just kind of that guy. That's just what he yeah. is. So that's probably why the two trajectories are different, where you might be, Yo Gotti might be at 50, 70. Rick Ross is at 60, 100. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. Right. But it's like, I can go do this. Like, even the plane thing, where it's like, I'll tell you this one thing I think that's just amazing about Rick Ross ain't had a backfire in like 10 years. No. You remember where little shit like would backfire yeah. and little shit would kind of. Yeah, the tour shit. Yeah, the 50 the cent shit in beef. Detroit. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was a lot. But Rick Ross, like he, him buying a plane where that could go horribly wrong in the eyes of the people. And literally, even academics is like, man, I looked to tell them about this nigga owns This shit say Maybach Air. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> like Rick ain't had a misstep. He said, I'm dodging debacles like potholes in Jamaica. He's not lying. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of it, though, I look at more so like us and like this regular lifestyle. We see these people that are like Rick Ross just bought a $40 million house outside of the $100 million shit over there. And I just seen him doing a tour at the house. He wasn't bullshitting. He like, bought the house. So it, you see these things. You see Jay-Z sitting there with a $7 million watch and this watch. and that. You see all these things. But then the people out here who are living life, I, I'm looking at the landscape of it. And it's like, yo, it's getting worse and worse. You know San Francisco, everything is locked up. Like, oh, you yeah. walk into Walgreens, nigga, the Dr. Peppers, yeah. every, Band-Aids. You can't get an airplane-sized bottle of Maker's Mark nah, out of a nigga, motherfucking like Walgreens. Every, they were doing a, a, a thing on CNN. I think I sent it to y'all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the boy was doing the interview, like, live for CNN. Three people came in the store and stole while he was doing the CNN. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking just walking in and taking shit. I can't afford this uh, duct tape, so I'm going to just go ahead. Because, they, you know, a lot of places aren't even prosecuting small theft no more. Yeah, the state of California decriminalized it on the whole. Anything $900 or less yeah, is yeah. considered non-criminal. Like, huh. they write you a ticket. Yeah. If they even dispatch yeah. and come. And the problem with San Francisco is San Francisco defunded their police force. Mm -hmm. So this is the direct effects in real time. We're seeing it of that whole defund the police rhetoric or whatever mm -hmm. that went on in Minnesota and San Francisco and Philly to a little bit, whatever. You seeing the uptick of crime in all of these different places mm -hmm. and it's manifesting itself in different ways. In San Francisco, they straight up telling you, don't drive to work. Leave your windows down. <laughs> leave the doors unlocked on your car because they're going to steal the shit anyway. So you might as well not. <laughs> Don't drive to work. Don't it's drive to work is shit. crazy. That's Did you real. see the video That's... on World Star yes. two weeks ago <laughs> yeah. where the lady was at the, the gas this pump? Nigga, nigga popped the, took the took the luggage. Took the luggage. <laughs> <laughs> She's at the pump. Standing there. 
That nigga crept around that yeah. motherfucker. Straight like Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> Came around the back. Dog. Sam Fran is crazy as shit right now. My homegirl, Benita, she was saying the other day, she was at the, I think she was at Wawa. She's like, yo, I'm in Wawa. And everybody is stealing except for me. Yeah. She was like, literally, I watched three different people come in, grab the shit they want, and then just walk the fuck out. Yeah, and like, she's like, I feel so weird paying for my stuff. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you better grab one of them sizzlies and walk the fuck <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, and I think Wawa, somebody was telling me the other day, um, I think Wawa has like a no chase policy. No, like, it's like, can't chase you. Yeah. Mm. Dog. And, and that, that to me is a little bit annoying. Like, where companies like let their like, their inner company rhetoric or politics. So, you yeah, know, reached the, they let it reach the streets yeah, in the mainstream. I don't mainstream. know if I ever told you this shit. So this is like before I left SEPTA, of course. But this was probably like around 2000 and it was before the panty. So I'm going to say like 16, 17. Okay. Somebody who was like, who worked downtown for SEPTA, I guess he had quit or got fired or whatever the fuck. But he went and did an interview with like a, a writer from the Metro. And he basically explained in the interview that, um, they can't throw you off the bus for non-payment of your fare. Because mm. they got a, a button, number six. You hit that, and it's just they, that the fare going to get paid <laughs> from the state. So, you know, people, people have all this shit, all these arguments, fighting with drivers. They can't put you off the bus. There's nothing they could do. So once he did that, it, like, was out because it was in the metro, and that became, like, a thing. I'm driving the 48. Nigga get on the bus. You know, seniors used to show you their senior pass because yeah. it was a blue and a yellow pass. He get on. He opened his wallet up, showed me that, you know, the plastic in his wallet. I look at it. He had the article from the metro cut out in the, <laughs> in the plastic. Number the six, big dog. Yeah, that number six. <laughs> Go ahead, that six. Six man. me. <laughs> Just call me the six guy, nigga. Six, 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 six. <laughs> Fuck you, I ain't never paying again. Hell, Chubbs, do you feel me for me as soon as I give him the nod? Meaning he'll blast for me like putting a six with the God. Go ahead and six me, bitch. <laughs> that nigga had this shit laminated. That you know, he meant business. Shit. Just so you know, I mean business. This shit laminated oh, in the world. He had that shit in the, like, not his grandmother or his kids or his driver's license. The article. What, Hey, you go, big dog. <laughs> go ahead, hit that number six. How you feeling today? They treat you all right? <laughs> That's real, dog. Once y'all let shit like that out, people are going to take advantage. That's earth. Once you open Pandora's box, you can't close can't it. Can't close it, dog. That's earth. That's the way this shit go. Straight up. And so, there's, like, until your point, your, your, uh, your macro point is that there's way too much personal and interpersonal company information data that's proprietary that reaches the public scope. Look what happened and with people Netflix. adjust as a result with of Dave that Chappelle shit. and shit? Like, why are you talking about in here shit out? Get out. Uh, like, that shit real. Yeah, yeah, you ain't fired because you mad at Dave Chappelle. You fired because you breached company motherfucking mm. policy. Yeah. So, fuck what you said about Dave Chappelle also, but you shouldn't have said, yeah. you shouldn't have breached the company policy. Straight up. Trying man. to get your point across. But I, I'm just seeing it, the, the, the effects of it just... In, in everything, and everything is going up. You people are coming outside, and they're just fed the fuck up with all of it. Mm -hmm. All of it has just become too fucking much. All of the rental assistance programs are back. 
Okay. Like as far as like you know, for people that's like distressed, can't pay their rent, shit like that. All of them Jones are mm-hmm. back. They get they in every county in Pennsylvania. Them Jones are back. Some have more money than others, but there's some fucking mortgage assistance programs, all of that shit because they know we're in a recession. It's just the president and the fucking Senate and all of that don't want to acknowledge yeah. it and say it. But you know, Kamala's the, getting Fat Joe Air Force Ones. Ain't they? No, what y'all doing? Kamala had a party at the crib. Lil Wayne at the yeah. house. I said gutter gutter at Kamala's <laughs> house is crazy. Like gutter gutter. This is anything. <laughs> <laughs> but this is life in 2023. This is anything. The rich, the famous, and the powerful are p- yucking it up and partying thriving. it up. Thriving. Thriving. And everybody else that was on the border of middle class is going to end up having to be given hand jobs in the alleyway <laughs> to fucking pay rent and send their kids to Heavy on school. the hand jobs. Like, Louis, that's <laughs> this shit funny. is fucked up yeah, out here. Yeah, man. Yeah. I went yeah. to the market last week, right? I spent roughly $300. I have nothing in my house. I got a good market, John. Go ahead. I have nothing in my house, oh. I went to the market oh. three different days. I spent oh. like a 60 here, a 40 here, a buck 25 oh. here, oh. and like another $60, whatever, three, four times. I spent like $300 at the market. There's nothing in my house except like seven waters. We went to the market, and in my mind, I was just like, yo, I, I had like cash on me that day. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I had cash on me, and I left my credit card holder in the car. Yeah. Because I, I had the cash on me or whatever. You know, the car locked. Uh, so I and I when we got in the store, I'm like, oh damn, I left my credit card holder. And I looked, I had I had like $183 or whatever. Okay. And I was just like, oh, that's it's cool, whatever. And I'm looking at the cart that we have, and I'm like, I can still see cart. So that's how <laughs> I know that we don't have a lot of shit. Cause it's you know, mad cart left. You, do you remember filling up a shopping cart to where you couldn't see cart? $200. Like, you just look in the car, and it's just mm-hmm. shit. It's Jolly Ranchers and fucking Arizona. That it, it's just shit in the cart. Yeah. I'm looking at the cart like it's mad cart available. There's some yogurts over there. I got some, some Red Bulls here, a couple loaves of bread over here. I got some Jimmy Dean, a little sausage. Like, it ain't much shit in the cart. Yeah. Bro, we got to the joint, and I'm looking at the 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 total, just 114, 117, 122, 129, 133, 144. I'm like, I might have to go to the car yeah. <laughs> to get my credit card holder. Dog, that shit went all the way up to like 211. Then she put the number, and that shit came down and went down to like 164 okay. or whatever. I'm like, all right, we made it. But I'm like, yo, the fact that we really got $200 worth of shit and it ain't many bags we walking out of this joint. I'm yeah. like, this is insane. It's nuts, yo. Went to market the other day. I had four bags. I think my total shit was like, it was like I had like three different chickens or whatever, uh, some ground ground turkey, some chicken thighs, a small pack of, of party wings or whatever the fuck, and like a couple odds and ends. Shit was sixty five dollars. Three wings, little ass bags. Wings, leaving out the, market. the wing bar at Wegmans. That shit seventeen ninety nine a pound. That's crazy. It's insane now. And you know, a pound of wings is only like eight or nine. <laughs> like, why the fuck is eight wing dings 20 goddamn dollars, yo? Like, better eat up. Better eat up. <laughs> better eat up, Jack. Get you something. Yeah, man. We, we, I don't know how long we can sustain just everything being astronomically priced, gas being high. Fast food is high as fuck now. Yep. You remember going to fast food and being able to get a meal for like seven dollars? Mm-hmm. That shit is like. I went out. to Wendy's a couple weeks ago. I think I got a uh, like a number six. That's a spicy chicken meal. No cheese, no nothing. Extra. Uh, Medium spicy chicken meal. This was eleven dollars and thirty four cent. Me and Lee, and, and I was I, in the county. I was saying the other day, yo, I really I want to do like a uh, 
like a, a Harvard study on just how much money we are all spending at Wawa throughout the month. Have you ever looked at your like you sent me money the other day? You you sent me money through through uh, Cash App. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I deducted it to my joint. It, it like came through. And for some reason, Cash App is the only thing that Navy Federal alerts me comes. Oh, well, that's weird. Remember you was because you sent me money through Navy Federal. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't get alerts yeah. for that type of shit. I'll just see it randomly. But when somebody sends me money, Cash App, and I send that to my yeah, bank. When you drop the money, they send you an alert. That's the only thing that sends me alert. So I'm looking at my Navy, and I'm looking at all my pending charges. And it's just Wawa, 7-Eleven, Wawa, 7-19, Wawa, 8-42, Wawa, 12-11, Wawa, 14-44. I'm just like... Yo, I spend mad. Like, if let's then make it easy and say I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Twenty of that I spend that. <laughs> Yo, I spend mad money. And at you spending the twenty post tax, right? Right. No bullshit. The other day we went to Wawa when we left. Uh, where the fuck was we at? Oh, we went to Rouge and we was down there drinking and shit. Yo, we went to Wawa, dog. I guess I just you know how you 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 know you you living life you feeling good you don't really look at like what you spend in yeah. in the moment, dog. When I looked at my John and saw that I spent fifty three dollars in Wawa, I'm like, what the fuck did we get? That's insanity. In the Wawa, <laughs> you gotta buy like the potato bread off that last. Yeah. <laughs> you buying nonsense in Wawa when you spent fifty three fucking dollars in there? I'm like, what the fuck did we purchase, yo? I just be in Wawa buying shit at this point. Straight up, but yeah, man, our our economy is uh, you know, it's already fucked up. The cost of money, as far as borrowing money, is through the roof. The dollars traveling. I saw way the less thing the further. other day said um, uh, one of the big mortgage companies was saying that this is the lowest uh mortgage application. Oh yeah, John, they've had in like nine years uh, since since the oh eight John. Yeah, and hey, hey, smart guys that work for the mortgage companies, mortgage analysts, man, it, you can't have record setting months on new home buying for two years straight and then think that that's going to be sustainable. It's not. The girl, we all got houses the, already. The girl literally <laughs> was like, interest rates are a complete one and one. And at one one and a half percent higher than what they were this time last year. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mortgage rates just going the foot. They like, so once the feds did that, it kind of like shot everybody in the foot because it's like, yo, if you get your crib and you got it. I was talking to somebody the other day, was talking about how like they 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 raised the 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 value on the house, but mm-hmm. it went up so much that it fucked up the tax situation. Yeah. So, so now you got to pay more taxes on it, this new valuation yeah, it, of the house. It's so fucking I know insane. people that are ducking the new appraisal on their house so that the taxes don't readjust and they got to pay the new I had that conversation tax. with my homie the other day. He was saying that shit. He was like, yo, like, motherfuckers, like, you know, shout out all in Nate. Like, he was like, motherfuckers is out here straight like they crib appraised for 320 three years ago. Crib them, they're double now. He's like, motherfuckers is straight ducking the appraisal because they know they taxes is going to go from... Mm-hmm. 800 a month to 2200 a month. He's like, motherfuckers is doing crazy shit right now. No, I ain't home. No, ain't nobody. (laughs) No, I ain't here. Like, it's wicked. And then, um, you know, the big ass elephant in the room that nobody's talking about yet. So I'll broach it here on September 10th. Um, I know where you're going. COVID is spinning the block. Oh, 
I was having a conversation yesterday. My pop just had pneumonia for two weeks. Oh, shit, he all right? He all right. He's good. He's in recovery now. He said he just got back to being 100%. My pop had pneumonia for two weeks. Uh, Kentucky's, Kentucky just school districts canceled classes less than two weeks in the school. This was on August 24th because of COVID, flu, and strep. Which So basically what you're telling me is in a small state like Kentucky – and an a even smaller population of school-age students or whatever, they had to close the entire school district statewide because of the simple fact that every single body here is the fuck sick. And we already know, historically, October 2019 was when COVID started to kick up in the high gear going into the winter. So basically what you're telling me is two months prior to when the origination of COVID-19 started and just went out of this fucking world into 2020, we've already had a situation where a small condensed state like Kentucky, literally everybody's sick. That's Mm -hmm. a school age kid. Like that's fucking scary as hell. So what's about to happen the rest of the fucking country and all of these major metropolitan areas and all of that shit where motherfuckers is outside nine days a week, smoking hookah, getting drunk, passing bottles, sharing food, sharing space, all of that shit. Fucking in the parking lot. Fucking in the parking lot, giving hand jobs in the alleyway. What do you think is going to... Hand jobs is going to take us over the top. (laughs) What do you think is going to fucking happen in late October, November, December, January, February when it comes to this fucking... You know, biochemical. Fu- What's up, everyone? It's Boss Britt. And it's DJ Excel. If you're a fan of the queer culture and lifestyle, then be sure to check out and subscribe to the No Homo Show. We're a show that shares true stories that are uncut, funny, relatable, and of course, gay from a lesbian's perspective. That's right. Brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network fucking disease that's going to just continue to morph and transmute as people become uh, immune to the past versions of it. Like, we about to have a scary-ass winter. So you're talking about motherfuckers is broken than ever. Still, people are hoping and praying that there's some sort of fucking government assistance or money coming, which I'm here to tell you, it ain't coming. Yeah. Uh, Drake album still ain't motherfucking yeah, dropped. You gotta hop on Sandal. <laughs> like, you ain't had no real good music this motherfucking yeah. year. And you got COVID looming. Like, it's just about to be fucked up to end off, the, the, uh, the end off 2023. Yeah, the winter's going to be scary. Pray, pray, pray for spring. I, I can't believe the way that, like, the middle class life is just, like, eradicating itself. I was looking, because, you know, we, we've been, like, looking at the house situation, right? I'm look. I literally had to come to the conclusion yesterday. I'm never living in Philadelphia again. Yeah. I literally said, man, I, like you know, how you get frustrated, man. Man, fuck Philadelphia. That's what I said, and I felt bad because I got two one five tattooed on my arm. But living in Philadelphia at this point makes. It, I, I, I don't see how this is happening. I saw a crib yesterday on Twenty Fifth and Master. I know what 25th and Master looks like. I know what 25th and Master represents. I know I'm, the niggas that control the drug trade. I, I know what's going on <laughs> in 20. But you know what's happening? They're building these. They're taking these old homes that mm-hmm. Big Mama died and nobody can pay the tax shit. They're buying these homes and then they're turning them into these cool tri-level homes with the roof deck mm-hmm. and that big gray front door that look cool as shit. It's all the same. Yep. You come in the house. It's, it's plug and play. It's almost cookie cutter. You come in, you can see straight through. You got a little island in the kitchen. It's the iron 
of railing mm -hmm. that spin and go upstairs. You go up. It's two bath, two bedrooms in a bath. The bath looked the same exact way every time. It's yep. a black faucet with a black shower head with the see-through, the glass shit. You come out. You go up the other steps. You come up. It's another room that's bigger with a walk-in bathroom, big bathroom, and then you go up and see the sun. It's the same shit over and over again. Dog, the crib was almost $500,000. I can believe it. And I'm like, yo... Who's affording these fuck? Like, no bullshit. The cheapest crib I saw for this area of Philadelphia yesterday was like $345,000. And I'm like, who's buying this shit? Yeah. Because I know coming from a place where, let's be <sighs> frank, people look except the, like, the, the best shit you could do. It's part of the holy grail of a city like of a blue cloud city. Like and I know from working there for years, you don't really go past one hundred and thirty thousand a year, and that ain't one hundred and thirty thousand a year. You working to the bone? You are driving that bus sleep. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I've done Doing some Elon shit. Automate, auto, you, you automating the bus driving. I, I remember one night <laughs> I was driving that shit. I did a double. And it was early morning. I was on a motherfucking 60. I picked the people up, dropped the people off at Broad and Allegheny. It was like I blinked. It was like I blinked and I was at Glenwood and Allegheny. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember how I got from Broad to Glenwood. And I was like, I was nervous to look in the rear view, like the side view mirror, because yeah. I'm like, there could be all kinds of carnage. Because <laughs> I don't know if I hit anything random. Right. You driving like that to go make that money. So let's take, let's say you got two people. One makes 100000 the other makes 80000 I know people are hearing this now thinking, what, we balling? No, you're not. Yeah. If you in a household where one makes hundred and the other one makes eighty, you in a good-ass fucking situation. Yeah. Y'all are middle-class, good middle-class people. The two of them... 180000 a year just with normal life expenses, normal life expenses would have trouble paying a mortgage of a home that's $400,000 with an interest rate as high as these interest rates are right now. Ain't no doubt about it. Because you're, you're essentially coming into a situation where your crib might be $2,700 a month. I know somebody who had a nice-ass crib, sold the motherfucking crib, and got a new crib on some new interest rate shit. They're like, yo, we're paying more for this crib the smaller than we was paying for the big-ass house. That's how crazy this shit yeah. is right now. So if you go get a crib that costs this much, and I'm looking around Philadelphia like, yo, I was watching this thing the other day where it was showing how the, the, the middle class of the last generation had it so much easier than the middle class of this generation. Because the middle class of this generation is almost like, you're in a spot of seeing the people above you more, yeah. and then you're told that if you're not aiming for that, you're like a failure. Right. So, I, and it's so crazy looking at it. It was showing how the average home in 1970 was between ten and twenty thousand dollars, and that's not a lie. You know how I know? When my dad bought the crib out Buis Avenue, he paid sixteen thousand for it. Mm -hmm. Three bedroom, one bath house in 1970. Yeah. 16,000. And he had a chance to get the, the crib across the street that was four bedroom, two bath with the big ass yard, but he didn't have no family yet. And he was like, they wanted 18.5. I was like, I can't do the 18. <laughs> 18.5 is crazy. 18 is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, 16, I could make something shake, but 18, hell no. Think about buying a house. For sixteen thousand dollars, yeah, you can't that you can move right into. Ain't no you buy a house now for sixteen thousand dollars. It's 
You know they film thriller here. Yeah, and it's in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, straight up. So you got cribs now where the average middle-class couple that's just getting their feet wet. Like, you remember buying a starter home? Remember when that was like mm-hmm. a thing? Starter home was a hundred k. That's a real thing. Yeah. $100,000 gets you in your first home and shit. Now you're coming in the game. 300. A crib on fucking this street, Bainbridge Street, all this shit in North Philly, South Philly is hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars. I saw a video that went viral. It was a, a real estate agent video with a drone video. And they fucking oh, the, the, went through the, the, the crib. The, the cemetery the, the was graveyard. in the backyard. Yeah. In the backyard, two forty nine ninety nine so I got to deal with ghouls and goblins <laughs> yeah, in order to get a crib yeah, under 300000 yeah. And it was a row house on yeah. top of that. I go out and smoke some weed. Motherfucker grab my ankle from the off the deck. Like, no, my mom like, bought her house in, 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 um, in Delaware County. It's a single family home. She bought it, I want to say, in 2016 for $140,000. Her house is worth like three thirty dollars now nigga. or some shit like that. And it's a four-bedroom house. Yeah, four-bedroom, basement. Um, she got the uh, she did a two or three k loan. Got the kitchen redone. Got all of the bathrooms redone. Whatever, whatever. And was still at like one forty seven or some mm-hmm. shit like that. You know what I'm saying? When it was all said and done, and it's just like you can't do shit like that in this area no more. Dog, I literally watched somebody buy a crib in 2010, big crib for a lot of money. Like at the time, three hundred and fifty thousand, three hundred fifty thousand dollars in 2010 was a lot of money. A ton of money. That's for like a, a that's a million dollar house right now. I'm about. Bought the crib, did nothing to the shit, sold the shit during the panoramic for double what they paid for the yeah. shit. Literally. Like, that that's what happened. So now you got somebody who comes into this crib at an influxed interest rate. If the market just shakes a little bit, we see a 2008. Mm-hmm. Shit is scary, yo. Yep. But I'm looking at that. I was looking at that page yesterday, and I'm, on, I'm, I'm like, yo, every crib... It, I'm talking about row. You know them row homes like you remember our old, like our aunts and our grandparents' row homes from like West Philly. And our, yep. remember you would go and they would have that itchy ass green shit on the porch, that fake astroturf shit. Like yep. those row homes are selling for two hundred and forty five thousand yeah. dollars, though. I couldn't believe it. Like fifty fifth and 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 Wilusin or fifty fifth and Media and. 58th and Catherine. I'm like, these cribs are almost $300,000. Yeah, you can't get a crib in um in in Winfield, 10131 zip code right now for below like a like a move-in ready house, you're not getting it for below $349,000. Oh, I saw a crib on the joint yesterday. $268,000. 268 one of those, you know, those Northeast duplex, the Northeast mm-hmm. twins, yeah. where it's like, it looked like a brown box, and you come in on the side, or, yeah. you know, and it's the one garage in the front. 268000 Three bedroom, one bath. Square foot on the house, twelve fifteen. I'm like, nigga, my apartment is a stack. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck is the house? The whole house is twelve fifteen. <laughs> What? I'm like, you got to buy the house and put another house next to it. Yeah. Like, the fuck? And not to mention that because Philadelphia is such an old city, it's literally the first city in the fucking union. Because it's such an old city, you got old pipes, old construction. Yep. Fucking, you got to replace joists. How many times you seen a water main break and they got to redo the whole... Yeah, that shit is real. The water main been broke on my... My girl grew up um, in a house on seven... Like, right off of a 77th City Line. 
on low small block, decent, nice size houses. The corner houses are huge. The other houses on the block, decent size, whatever, whatever. Probably like 16, 1800 square foot homes, whatever the case may be. The water main been broke on the end of her block for two years. Mm -hmm. I said, babe, we've been together for four years. You've been living with me for three of those years. For the last two, the last time I came on your on your on your dad's block was probably a year and a half ago. And guess what? The water main was broke then. This mm -hmm. motherfucker's still broke. Did you see the new thing that they're doing down in Penn's Landing? They shut down the bridge. No. So, and I, it, you know, I, I, I still got the heart of a SEPTA driver because the first thing I said was, damn, 43 to 21 to 42 days. I mean, the 33 to 21 to 42 days, they're going to be dealing with hell. They shut down the, the Walnut Street Bridge. So, you know how you come down uh, Market Street, mm -hmm. right? You know, the sign you see that says Market Street, yeah. you know, you, you can't go up it, but that's the traffic coming off of it. Right. But that whole bridge is shut down. So, basically, they're building an overpass that goes over 95 that's going to connect Center City straight to Penn's Landing. Oh. So it's going to be walkways, shops. It's going to be a whole new concert venue. It's going to be a pickleball field. So that's basically like the replacement for Festival Pier. But it's sort of. But it's going to basically, they're building a big-ass dome mm -hmm. that's going to dome 95 yeah. so you can walk over 95. That's dope. So it's going to, I mean, it's, it's dope. But it's an inconvenience dog, in the meantime. It's, it's going to take four years. It's going to cost $4.5 billion. And, you know, it's going to connect. They're like, this is going to finally connect Center City to Penn's Landing. And I'm like, it already was connected. Just walk over the fucking <laughs> bridge. Like, it's, it was already connected. I've done that walk 9,000 times. <laughs> and I'm looking like, yo, they got $4 billion in four years to waste on this shit. But it's like, can a nigga get another lane to I-76? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather y'all just take the $4 billion and try to do that. But you know, the, 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 the pushback on expanding the highway is... You either going in the water or into the mountain where people live. But then it's also there's there's city planners that say the way that traffic works is that inevitably traffic will fill itself. Mm. So by creating an additional lane, you don't create any type of economy for the people that are already traveling. You just create an open lane for more people to travel on this already congested highway. It's the uh, I-5 theory. Exactly. I watched a, on, a little short on YouTube where it was breaking down how the initial plan for I-5 was going to be four up, four down. Then they went to five up, five down. And then they said, no, we need the, the what they call them in New York? The, um, the HOV the lane. The HOV yeah, lanes. Yeah. And now, you know, there's parts of I-5 that's six. And they're saying how it's still just as congested just, as just anything as else. As ever. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, man, I heard I-5 be flowing. Get this pricks. And uh, <laughs> like, it is crazy, but that's how it happens. Yeah. You'll entice motherfuckers to want to hop on the road. Because the thought process is whenever you're trying to travel somewhere, your immediate instinct is expressway. Right. Because you're trying to avoid traffic lights. Not thinking that. Everybody in the area is thinking the same exact way. You know what I realized <laughs> the other day, yo, on some on some like funny shit. You know how you always joke that people don't use the phone for eighty seven percent of the shit that is capable before. So we were we were talking about like you know routing and shit like that. And I was up Quaker Town the other day with all these dump truck motherfuckers, and we were going from Twin Lakes, which is like a new development, to Gravel Pike, which is a big street out Quaker Town. It's, it's 29. Okay. You know, 29 runs yeah, know right 29. into, yep. uh, what's the shit that come down here from uh, the outlets? Um, 422. 29 runs right into 42. Through uh, Royals, Royals for it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It runs right into 422. Yeah, we're the Oaks. Where they yeah, that was gunshot. my sales territory exactly. back in the day. So 29 runs right into 422, but 29 is Gravel Pike. Mm -hmm. But you had to get from Twin Lakes 
to Gravel Pike. The problem is if you go through the directions that they were telling motherfuckers to do, you got weight restrictions on a lot of them streets, mm-hmm. like 63 and 51 and all of that shit. It's all these dumbass weight restrictions. So you'll be on a street that'll be perfectly cool, but if you turn right, that street is a 7,000 pound, or this street is a 10 ton, or that street is a 12 ton. So if you hauling 73,000 pounds, you're going to get jammed up left and right. So one of my homies wound up getting bunged for a fucking weight restriction ticket. Mm-hmm. You know them tickets ain't no joke. That yeah. shit like $1,300. So they was all snapping about it. So... I went on Google Maps. I put in the because they didn't want us to take to take tolls because you know when you take the toll like the turnpike mm-hmm. that shit is expensive when you yeah. dump So I went on the 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 Google the maps, and I found a way to go there, getting away from all the weight restriction and the tolls. So it basically had you where everybody was coming out of the Twin Lakes development. It would have you bang a left on the three hundred nine. I would cross 309 and basically come the back way and it would put me on 29 at the beginning of it and I would wrap 29 all the way around right. and drop down on to gravel bike. So they when they they saw me doing it and mind you it would have you get into the drop site faster cuz all these motherfuckers tried to leave me from the the twin lake yeah. shit. So I thought it was funny that cuz they white motherfuckers yeah. they always trying to like hurry up and get the fuck out of the site and I saw them all turn on the 309 so I was like, just like why the fuck are they going down there? Whatever, I cross the shit. So when I get to the dump site on Gravel Pike, I done dropped the shit and I'm pulling out. Here come all four of them yeah. coming down the joint. So the, the older one, he stopped me, he was like, yo, what way did you go? And I was like, I just followed the GPS. He's like, the GPS had everybody all fucked up. They was giving out tickets and this and there. I'm like, go in the GPS and you can put avoid highway or avoid tolls. And all of them, you would have thought I showed them magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. ah. And I'm like, when you do that, it gives you a whole nother route where it wraps you around and you come down off of two, 29 onto Gravel Pike. You don't have to take the highway. Like, you don't have to take 309 and you <laughs> don't have to take any toll. And they were all just like, oh, wow, they like showing each other. <laughs> I'm like, yo, people really... <laughs> People really don't know how to use these devices. Dick they make pic, it all easy for dick you. Dick pics and DMs, that's it. They make it so simple for you to do anything now. Like car, you know, remember motherfuckers didn't like CarPlay because it's like, man, I don't want my shit all on the, mm-hmm. just so, I'm like, you can set your CarPlay up to where it do anything you tell it to do. Your CarPlay, you can plug your joint up or have your Bluetooth rolling and your CarPlay run without you even plugged up to the car. You can have your CarPlay set up to where it only show music. You can have your CarPlay set up to where it'll show you your phone calls and your text messages or whatever. But people really have this thing of like, I get whatever they give me when it comes to these devices. I just got the stock features. That's all I got. I can't customize it. I can't do nothing. I ain't even open the sentence. No. And you can really set that phone up to do whatever the fuck you want it to do. Your routing, your GPS, your uh. banking, all it'll do whatever the fuck you want it to do. So I think it's so funny that people are just like so willfully ignorant of these things. Yeah. I'm like, y'all are fucking in transpo. You don't want to sit down and learn yeah. routing? Logistics is the biggest part of what the fuck y'all do. Like you don't want to take time out to really understand <laughs> your, your Google map or where you're going, direction. My grandpa used to say that shit back in the day. If you give a compass to a motherfucker born after 1970, I look at you like you crazy. Yep. And it's the truth. Most motherfuckers can't read a compass. Motherfucker don't know which way north is, which way the sun rises. They, they have no clue. And I be finding myself at times giving people directions and shit, and I'm like, yeah, you got to go north on. They like, ho, 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 wait a minute. Like, am I going up or down? 
like north motherfucker. Mm. Like, like, do you know like how like you know I'm like Market Street is the dividing line for Philly. I'm not so trying to be funny. You take ten Philadelphians, take them to the zoo, because you know the zoo you get on 76, mm -hmm. and without looking at a sign, tell a motherfucker to take 76 east. They ain't gonna know which way to go. No. Towards the stadium or or towards <laughs> the the boulevard? What you talking about? <laughs> you like nigga go east? Like nigga, once you pass City Line Avenue, that shit is and get on Route One. That's not even motherfucking seventy six no more. Yeah. That's Route. Niggas think all that is seventy six. Yeah. yeah, it's just seventy six and then the boulevard. What <laughs> 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 well, really don't know direction? Yo, that should no. be crazy, crazy. You ever give somebody directions and you say shit like, you gonna go down half a mile? They'll be like, what, what block I'm gonna turn it on? <laughs> you like State Street. All right, so I'm, I'm right, looking man, out for right, State Street. <laughs> People can't, like, uh, what they call it, do pace or none of that no. shit. Just, they can't estimate distance, none of that shit. Hell no. Hell no. I find myself just being in a car because I, I drive a lot, just generally speaking, and, you know, being in sales, logistics is part of that fucking job, too, because you constantly in and out the car and shit, and I could just feel like, all right, so I got to go uh, two miles, whatever, I'm just like, all right, if I'm going on average about a mile a minute, 1.1 miles a minute, this motherfucking exit should be coming up with or without the GPS, I just know that. I you you ever it. have a conversation with somebody about mile markers or understanding <laughs> that? I wouldn't even bother. <laughs> no, no bullshit. Like, I'm not trying to be funny. I can remember because you know a lot of SEPTA, it's funny because a lot of people who work at SEPTA never really did logistics or transportation outside right. of that because SEPTA is one of those places where we'll hire you with no experience yeah. doing this on the job training. So a lot of people come in there and they get their Class B license. Yeah. So if you got a Class A, that's from like trucking and shit. Mm -hmm. So a lot of motherfuckers have never really gone over the road or been in different types of vehicles in the commercial landscape of things. I remember, I can, I remember vividly sitting at my desk. I mean, at the, the table, like the lunch table in the break room. Yeah. I can remember sitting, which was my desk because I would just be in there chilling. I remember sitting there and having a conversation with 10 to 12 grown ass men. I mean, like respected individuals who fuck hoes and got young boys and all of that shit and explaining to them that the even number interstates go west and east and the odd number interstates go north, north and south. <laughs> and they were looking like, I'm like, think about it, nigga. 76 goes east and west. 76 is a even number. Mm -hmm. I-5 goes from Portland down to California. It goes north and south. 95 goes from, from motherfucking... Northeast to the <laughs> Miami. It goes... The, all the odd numbers go up and down, and all the even numbers like I-10... I-20 go across Atlanta. Yeah. I-70 goes across Ohio. Like, I'm telling you, the even numbers go east and west, the odd numbers go north and south. Mother again, magic. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers pulled up the map. <laughs> I was like, damn, nigga. You absolutely I'm like, yeah, nigga. They're, you know the same way they got city planners? They have state and road yeah. planners. As if the founding fathers just was winging this shit. <laughs> just was winging, whatever. <laughs> Uh, this one, uh, 93. <laughs> <laughs> Go call that one, 93. <laughs> Hell no, nigga. All of this shit makes sense. It's so that you always have a sense of where the fuck you going. Yeah, I was born in 1862. We gonna call this one 18, <laughs> this one 62. <laughs> I'll be trying to explain it like, yo, black folks from like slavery was running away 
following stars. Yeah, follow the door star. Like, that's the way. So understand all of these things that go on. And I know it's not for that reason, but they do this so that you always have an understanding of what direction you're going. Absolutely. If you get on 95 South, you're going down towards Miami. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> If you get on 476 West, you're going westward towards King of Russia area. How do y'all not know this? Wait, hold on. Let me, let me, let me think for a minute. Let me, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me pontificate let me, on let this. Me, let, me, let me look at this real <laughs> fast. If you get on I-5 South in Portland, you're going into the state of California. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, nigga. <laughs> so, it's for your benefit. <laughs> <laughs> so if something happens to you, let's say you go off the road or you blow a tire in the middle of nowhere, you look and say, I'm on I-5 South, mile marker 29.6. We'll be there. Yeah. Sorry, Club. <laughs> but we'll be there because we know 100% where the fuck you, know you exactly at. exactly where you are. We know exactly where the fuck you at. It's for your benefit. And don't get into latitude and longitude. You're going to really... <laughs> Did you see the boy? He was pinpointing where motherfuckers was at based off of the picture they was posting in the plane. Mm -hmm. Sharp as shit. They was like, yeah, see, I ain't need this nigga. Yeah. He said, yeah, if you at this time or in this area, I can pinpoint where you at in a flight just by the way you, you're, you're positioned out. He broke it down to what seat you was in because of where the plane, the wing was at on the plane. Damn. You ain't see that, dog. You got to watch it. He, the chick posted a picture like, you know how people post like up in the clouds or whatever because mm -hmm. they on a flight. He took the picture and was like, if you're posting this picture at this time, at 1033, then that means you're on a flight from Boston to Kentucky at this moment. So when you posted it at this moment of the sunlight, you're at flying over so-and-so. And then he pulled up where, where the actual plane was at in the trajectory of the flight. And he was like, if you're sitting here and the wing is that two windows black, that means you're in seat 11-3. And he wound up pulling up her getting a ticket and she i'm like yo motherfuckers are crazy sharp as shit they had the one young boy he was like what 15 16 he was tracking elon's jet mm -hmm. and they banned his ass yeah. so they said yeah this account is banned let me ask you this how do you feel about people getting banned for the uh flight hack that's going on right now have you been aware of this no the flight hack i'm this is so, some news to me I'm, I'm about to learn with y'all this is some new shit i knew about it because lee was a flight attendant mm -hmm. so let's say you give me somewhere you would you would fly to from Philadelphia, uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles wouldn't. Uh, Dallas, Texas. No, Los Angeles would actually work. All right. So, let's say you want to fly from Philadelphia to Los Angeles. This is some shit motherfuckers would do, and the airlines is just being pieces of shit about it. This is even after a fifty billion dollar bill. <laughs> you want to fly from Philly to Los Angeles, direct flight, right? Philly to L Philly to LA direct is what is that right now? Probably like 800 800. Let's say it's $800, right? You see that and you see that the cheapest seat you can find is 800. But then you look and see that Philly to Hawaii with a layover in, in Los Angeles, Angeles is 644. You book that and just fly to LA and, and just never, never get on your flight to Hawaii. Yeah. So it's a guy that was figuring that shit out for people mm. and helping them save money. He got banned from every airline out the joint. Damn. Yeah. But the the reality is the airline was mad because they look at it like it's a seat open. That we could have sold. But his thing is you did sell it. 
Yeah, it's already I purchased paid. it. Yeah, it's already paid for. I'm just not on it. But they look at it like if we would have broke that into two direct flights, Philly to LA, we get 800. LA to Hawaii, we get another 500. We make more money in the direct of both of those as opposed to combining them with the layover because we did it as a, like a money saver helping us out to fill the seat. But then you jammed us up by not filling the second seat. Yeah, well, suck my dick. Right. <laughs> well, I got news that, for you. Yeah, that's fine. I get what you're saying, but suck my dick. People are in a financial crunch and need but to I save knew money that, wherever I they knew can. that that was going on because Lee would tell me that was like a thing in yeah. like the flight world where it's like, yeah, people do that shit a lot. Oh, I'm trying to fly to London from New York. I'm not going to book a direct flight. I'll book New York to Qatar through London for cheaper and yeah. just never get on the flight going to Qatar. Yeah. Crazy, you right? Just, you just got to make sure you uh, don't check baggage when you do that. That's the only caveat. You check bags, you know, you're you fucked. Hey, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need you right on deck. <laughs> then I need you to go to DHL yeah. <laughs> and ship my luggage overnight. I'm about to cash at you right yeah, now. yeah. But that's people was doing that shit. And a guy had like a whole situation set up where he was charging motherfuckers like how they do it. Yeah. And, and they burned him for he <laughs> he got to take boats. I mean, he put Panama Canal. He wants to go to New York to LA. Damn. Yeah. But yeah, we was talking about that shit the other day. You know something else people do because we were having do you like layovers? Not really. I found out the way to properly use a lay. Again, Lee was a flight. I yeah. so hear me out. And I, I've explained this to people, and they'd be like, oh, shit, yeah, that makes sense. I got hip to it through, like, one of her coworkers. So what the reason people don't like layovers is because they think that the layover is there to save you money for a cheaper flight. That's not the purpose in a layover. Okay. The purpose in a layover for people who are, like, travel enthusiasts or whatever is to spend time in a city that they're not trying to stay in. Got it. So... People, the reason they don't like layovers is like, yo, I book a flight from Philly to, I don't know, L.A., but it's got a layover in Chicago. You fly from Philly to Chicago. You get to Chicago at 10 o'clock. Your layover is 42 minutes, and the next flight to L.A. leaves at 10.54. Yeah. If anything happens... I'm fucked. I don't, I don't, fucked. I don't get to my next and flight. And I've seen people have to get off their first flight and literally hoof it to the gate. I'm people. Yeah, for the next jump. So I found out was like what people do is they'll book the longest layover possible and one, you get a little break in price. But you ever see those flights where like, let's say you fly from like Philly to Brazil. I actually saw this flight recently. I was looking at it. Philly to Brazil. You fly from Philly to Miami at eight in the morning. You get to Miami at 1030. Your flight from Miami doesn't leave for Brazil until 11.30 that night. Yeah. So you, you spend got the whole, whole day, day in Miami. In Miami. Yeah. You don't have to worry about your bags because they just autom- – mm-hmm. you can go get drunk, eat lunch, go see the museums. All you got to do is be back at the airport and through security yeah. for your flight. So that's what people use the layover shit for where it's like you want to take a layover. My mom, we – I mean, it's funny because I think back when we were kids, we flew to Hawaii through San Francisco. We spent the whole day in San Francisco mm-hmm. and then took a night flight to Hawaii. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it, but I'm like, damn, how – about it we definitely did that shit yeah. and we got pictures you know that street that got the big jewel mm-hmm. we went to see the golden gate bridge all that shit and it's like all right we can bounce the fuck about it and it's like almost like having a whole nother trip got it in one so it's all little caveats to like right, flying right. and all of that shit but i seen that the other day the boy he put and like people <laughs> was like amazed because they never really thought about it yeah. but i know people was like looking it up like damn Philly direct to Dallas is 700 but if i take philly to phoenix through dallas the flight was 462 Get to Dallas, 
Deuces. Exactly. Luca, where you at, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> crazy as shit, right? Yeah. I think the whole world we're in right now is everybody's looking for the gray area. Absolutely. Everybody's looking for you. Know, even world war dogs. Remember, you make the money in the gray area. Yeah. Like everybody's looking for the gray area as a way to get by and to further advance their life. And it's fucked up that you got to do that. Exactly. Because if y'all going to fill a plane from here to Dallas for $462, why not just let me get that? Exactly. <laughs> why? Because of corporate greed. That's why. And that and that's the tip a lot of people are uh, with the airlines. are like, wait, 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 wait. Y'all, y'all went down on your prices so bad to the point where flights was $10. Mm-hmm. Y'all get the bailout from the government for $52 billion or whatever it is. You, then y'all go back and y'all raise prices on the flights to where they're more than they were pre-pandemic. Exactly. And y'all are still mad that motherfuckers is trying to find discounts. Trying to find hacks and shit that doesn't make any sense. Craziest shit ever, right? Because they want everything to be one way. And it's like, in addition to, like you said, the fucking bailout money, um, being able to raise prices and all of that, a couple of you motherfuckers merged yep. post-pandemic and, you know, got financially solvent from other fucking, you know, um, aviation companies and shit like that, that, um, you know, were more financially uh, more financially solvent than you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, y'all just want to win at every fucking metric. And it's like, it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, straight up, man. What did you have over there? You had a, a, something that was going on. Oh, there's a, uh, did you hear about the earthquake in Morocco and Marrakesh? Um, over 2,000 people have died. In this earthquake. Really? Yes. Hundreds injured in Marrakesh uh, earthquake. CNN is reporting now 2,100 people have died. Um, Dismiss that. All right. So uh, rescuers in Morocco are searching for survivors from Friday's powerful earthquake. More than 21 people are confirmed dead and rescuers warn the toll is expected to rise. The worst destruction has been in isolated mountain areas, which are difficult to access. Residents have described whole villages suffering damage and rescuers unable to retrieve bodies from rubble. In Marrakech, the nearest major city, many residents spent a second night sleeping on the streets, too afraid to return to their homes. Historic sites in the popular tourist destination have been damaged. Morocco's King Mohammed VI declared three days of mourning and ordered mosques nationwide to hold funeral prayers on Sunday. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's a mess right now, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Let me ask you this. What are you more afraid of? A tsunami, a tornado, or an earthquake? Tsunami. Really? Yeah, water scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I, I, I know it might sound crazy, I, and I, I know I can't swim in 80 <laughs> feet of raging water, but I can swim, so I feel like I can take that shit on. Tornadoes, I, they, I, did I tell you I was in a tornado? Yeah, you told in me India, mm-hmm. in India, in India, Indiana, yeah. And uh, me and Ma was both like we was taking pictures of it. Yeah. They're like, get your ass! <laughs> we was out there filming it. It was like kind of fun to see the shit. Yeah. But earthquakes, I ain't built for that. I know I'm not. Yeah, because the, the whole thing shaking. Yeah, the suddenness of it too. The whole, like the building shaking. I'm not built for that. <laughs> I know I'm not built for that. I know. I'm I'm going to get my white woman on and I'm going to faint. <laughs> I, I know for a fact. I went to school with white people. I know how to faint. Yeah. Quick. I seen them do it. Out. <laughs> Any danger? <laughs> Quick. I know how to do it. So it's like, yeah, earthquake. I, I don't I don't want none of that. 2000 people. That's like a 8 point something. Yeah, crazy John. 
So it says uh, King Mohammed VI has thanked Spain, Qatar, and United Kingdom and the United Arab Emirates for sending aid following the earthquake that struck Morocco. State-run broadcaster Al Aula says Sunday, the Moroccan authorities conducted a careful assessment of the needs in the field, taking into account the lack of coordination in such cases would be uh, counterproductive, the king said. According to an interior ministry statement posted by broadcaster 2M, on, the, on these bases, the Moroccan authorities responded at this particular stage to the offers of support made by friendly countries, Spain, Qatar, the United Kingdom, and the United Arab Emirates, which suggested mobilizing a group of search and rescue teams. Moreover, with the progress of interventions, the assessment of potential needs may develop, which may lead to going back to offers of support from other friendly countries according to the needs of each stage separately. So, yeah, it's it's a mess out there right now, man. 2,100 people uh, dead with the death toll expected to rise is crazy. I, I'm, I'm about to look it up. Like, how, I want to know what the... What the uh... Uh, like what the uh, Richter scale? Here we go. It measured at a seven on the Richter scale, yeah. and the aftershock was a four point nine. Yeah, anything above a five is crazy. Is 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 life altering? Yeah, yeah. I get teeth going to hurt for yeah. the next couple of And weeks. it's crazy and it's super ironic that this took place in Marrakesh because I was watching this series on Paramount Plus recently, uh, uh, Special Ops Lioness with uh, Nicole Kidman and Morgan Freeman and Zoe Saldana. And one of the one of their targets, whatever the CIA's targets Wait, was. Say get, her name again? Zoe Saldana. That's the, the, the Colombiana. Yeah. I never. I always thought her name was Salamander. <laughs> yeah. Say it one more time. Zoe Saldana. Saldana. I always pronounce. Yeah, I think that her wrong. father's like Cuban or some I shit. I mean, like kind that. Of clearly some type of Latin. Yeah. Something. Latin descent. Yeah. Yeah, but I just always said you said that shit perfectly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so one of the targets of the CIA, or whatever, was getting married in Marrakesh or whatever like that. So it's like, and, and on Monopoly Go, this in the past two weeks, Marrakesh is one of the cities on there, and I'm just like, damn, it's crazy how you can go from not knowing about something to seeing it seeing it again and then now there's this huge yeah. fucking you know international tragedy that took place man but prayers to the people of uh, Morocco and uh in Marrakesh man like it, it, it's crazy uh you know what, what went on man and um, I'm I'm pretty sure they're gonna have to do crazy infrastructure rebuilding and um, you know, all of that. And then just, you know, the general dark cloud, you know, over the uh, over the, the, the region right now, uh, you know, considering probably close to twenty five hundred people are dead once it's all said and done, man. So definitely uh, make prayer, make do off, uh, you know, all of the people of uh, Morocco, man. Like that, like. Yeah, I was about to say, I think the joint in Chile was like the hardest earthquake ever. The yeah. In the 60s was a 9.5. A 9.5 is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, people in um in California have gotten so used to fucking earthquakes. People say that like, anything up below a 5, they like sleeping through them joints at this point. It's just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, that's some that's some crazy shit. Uh, 
the Val the Val the Valdivia earthquake in Chile, May twenty second, nineteen sixty, was the most powerful earthquake ever recorded. It placed a nine point six on the magnum on the moment magnitude scale. It lasted approximately ten minutes, and it had resulting tsunamis in Chile, Hawaii, Japan, Philippines, New Zealand, Southeast Australia, and the islands of surrounding areas. Damn. Casualties six thousand. Fuck. Like I remember hearing about that. Joke. Yeah. Like, of course, I wasn't alive, but I remember like seeing it like on different shit. Like, Damn. Yeah. A nine point five earthquake. You like they said you have greater than a fifty percent chance of dying at that point. Oh, it it it, it caused tsunamis in multiple nations. Yeah. Like that's how crazy the earth shook. Like the water just couldn't withstand. The mm. water had to go somewhere. Like yeah, we've we've as humans, man, we've done a number on Earth, man. Um, have you ever really gotten into like different books and different like believings of like there like there are gonna be like crazy earthquakes, yeah, there's gonna yeah, be yeah. crazy volcanic eruptions. Like there's a volcano that. People are essentially like on top of, and they. Like, I was watching this shit recently where it was like that shit's gonna blow eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a matter of time, and you literally don't know when. Because the thing about, um, you know, like these volcanoes and stuff like that, they're on they're on fault lines also. Right. So it's like a, a dormant volcano could be dormant 50, 60, 80 years, and then just randomly erupt one day, and the next thing you know, it's back to fucking Mount Vesuvius times around this motherfucker. So yeah, man, it's it's definitely like it's yeah. a big super volcano in Yellowstone that, mm-hmm. that apparently they say is gonna blow eventually and shit. But when you really get into all of that, like geyser and all of that, like <sighs> Paul Mooney said it best. Earth's what is it that keeps us grounded? Gravity. Gravity, yeah. Earth's gravity. No one understands. Yeah. There ain't a motherfucker out here that can tell you straight up and down. Oh, no, I know how it works. I know you, when, if the shit go left, you just do this. It's, it doesn't work like nah, well, that. you think you know. <laughs> like, he said it best. Earth can shake us off like a dog shakes fleas if Real it shit. wanted to. Yeah. If the earth just stands on its side, is there's nothing you can, you, you know what I'm saying? Ain't no tape. Ain't no, ain't no tools. It, there's literally nothing. So when you think about... The fact that Earth is 80% water and there's more water than there is land and there's water that we haven't even explored yet. 75% of the ocean ocean waves and waterways have not been explored yet. What do you do if the water just decides to come out and take over the shit? Like, there, there's nothing. I want my spot back. Yeah. Take two. Take two. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can do. It's just So shit like that, that's some shit I'm scared about. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't scare from niggas. You know what I'm saying? But like, <laughs> shit. call the police on you. Yeah, niggas. I just call the police on you, idiots. <laughs> but like the volcanic eruptions and geyser explosions yeah. and earthquakes that could reach a max. Literally, I was watching this shit on Discovery Channel recently. It was like we could potentially end up with an earthquake sooner or later that hits like 12 or some crazy shit That's like nuts. that. It's like if that happens, then what? Oof. They were saying how if, if the earthquake happens in certain places, how it would basically crack the foundation for, like, the modern waterways. Mm-hmm. So it's like if an earthquake was to happen of larger than a 10 in anywhere near the Colorado River, it would flood out Arizona, Wyoming. It, this shit is crazy. It's like, yeah, yeah if that happened, like, what the fuck do you do if a earthquake hits on the fucking seaport, 
like of New York or some crazy shit like that. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, I, imagine an earthquake hitting like the tip of Long Island. Right. The whole New York will be underwater. It's over. So it's like shit like that scares the fuck out of me. Yeah, and like, rightfully so. And just seeing it, like seeing some shit like that happen in Morocco, that's that's petrifying. Like, I don't want to live through no crazy shit right. like that. Like, because it's like, so who's to say it's like that? And Marrakesh is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Who? That's a vacation destination. Mm-hmm. So who's to say how many people that died in the midst of all of this are tourists and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. So this is going to rock. Their tourism revenue because Uh-oh. now people are gonna be like, damn, what the fuck? What if another crazy ass earthquake happened here while I'm here? Like I'm not so now they gonna end up getting fucking a bad rep. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's gonna kill their tourism. Their it's not their fault. That's the crazy part. Like But you but you know the how the fear machine works, like with people and shit yeah, like that. It happens that. after we see hurricanes. Look at Puerto Rico and mm-hmm. all that kind of shit. Like Puerto Rico is destitute Ain't still now. Yeah. And and because there's a complete lack of like, and that's American territory for those of you that don't know, that don't know geography, but because of the lack of like uh, American uh, like uh, armed forces presence and all of that shit in Puerto Rico, they've kind of like pulled back a lot. Now the cartels have assumed control of Puerto Rico in a way that they never have in the history of that yeah. fucking island. Like that shit is like being in motherfucking uh, in Colombia back in the day, like with the narcos and all of that shit, how bad it is in Puerto Rico right now. I watched a uh, thing the other day um, about Pablo Escobar. It, it was like all the kingpins, like Pablo Escobar, Chapo, all of them, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Pablo, you you really do get a sense of just how smart they really were. And you know how they always say, like, if he'd have done something else, he'd have been... Like, it's kind of the truth. Like, like Pablo could have been, like, the CEO of IBM or no, some shit. he could have been the president <laughs> of, like, mad nations. Like, yeah. he was, like, a genius in the way he did that shit down there. It was a good joke. The, um... But yeah, that 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 earthquake thing that that trips me out. Yeah. I, I I don't want none of that shit. That that shit is scary as all hell. The um, but yeah, no. Nah, I guess this episode wrapping up would just be you know we all fucked. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like <laughs> financially, uh, musically, uh, musically, like, yeah. economically. <laughs> I saw Drake said the other day though that uh. He was like, I got an album coming in a couple weeks for y'all. Yeah, 922. Yeah. Oh, remember, I broke the story here first. I told y'all a couple weeks ago the album wasn't coming out till September. I said that. You know what I'm saying? Just so just in case people's memory is foggy. But it's just like historically speaking, he's a September album release guy. Did just you period. see Drake posted a picture with like all these bras? Yeah, yeah. And apparently he's bringing the bras home that women are throwing at him yeah. or whatever. And I'm like... It's, it's become a competition now of who can throw the biggest bra at Drake. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's become, like, ritualistic at, at, at this point. You know what I'm saying? He had, like, a... I think the biggest one is, like, a double G or something like that. I saw that the so one far. girl got, like, some Playboy... She got offer. Playboy... Yeah, yeah, she got a Playboy uh, digital deal or whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah. The, um... Yeah, Drake is a... Is a is Weird guy. So know. listen, real quick, let's have some Drake talk before we get out of here for like five, ten minutes. And so, I think Drake is the best artist of his time, and I think he's a top ten rapper of all time. Yeah. It's just strange. Yeah, no, no, as far as lifestyle goes, and that's why I wanted to, when we talked to Nice, I was asking Nice, like, yo, what's Drake like? And da-da-da, because it's like, I think people make up their own minds mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, what he's like or whatever like that. But there was a conversation going on. Oh, I got a good jump for you, too. Yeah, there was a conversation going on on one of academic streams or whatever, and academics' minions were basically saying, like, uh, you know, 
if Drake fall off and then he like give you the inner, if his album ain't what it's supposed to be and then he give you the interview, it don't hit the same if the album is a classic and this and this. And they was just making this whole case around like you supported Drake more than anybody. Even when niggas said Jay-Z or Wayne was the best artist of all time, you stood tall and Drake just owe you an interview. And I'm just kind of listening to this shit and disgust like, yo, number one, nobody owes anybody anything. Number two, Drake has been, you know, arguably the biggest artist of all genres since 2009 to now. So you're talking about 14 years. I think somebody that's ran the collective music game that long and kept the lights on at Universal Music Group and the industry at large, breathe life into all of these artists, kind of has the right to move on their own accord and do whatever the fuck they want. And the energy that the, the and academics kept it solid. He was just kind of like, yo, like, you know, when I hit Drake, he hit me back. Like, the relationship means more to me than like an interview. I've never asked him for an interview, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yo, the energy around it, like, you know, Axe Minions was just kind of almost like a, a big sense of entitlement. Who are his minions? Just random niggas. Like, okay. you know, some are in the music industry. Some are just niggas online. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, just, a nigga. just, just niggas <laughs> just with, you know, nigga. with Discord. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but it was just kind of feeling like, the Elliot Wilson energy of like somebody owes you something or like every big interview gotta like come to you and through you and shit like that. And my biggest thoughts on it was kind of like, yo, as controversial as Drake can be at times, he's also not controversial. He, he doesn't get involved in other people's controversy. Mm -hmm. He's been very careful to do that. And, you know, with this whole thing that he just, that act just did with SZA and Erica Badu and all that extra shit that he just did, I'm just like, how are none of y'all mentioning that right. in your analysis on if Drake is going to do an interview with you or not yes. when he has personal one-to-one -one relationships with both of these women mm -hmm. and his biggest parts of his fan base are women mm -hmm. and not kind of analyzing. And, 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 and I hate to call them bitches, but the bitches hate you. They hate you. Yeah. Yeah. They absolutely, absolutely fucking hate you. Absolutely don't want nothing to do with The you. bitches, the hoes, the women, yeah. the working girl, yeah. all of the ladies the hate you. Yeah. They all hate yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? They like either hate you or think nothing of you. So it's like if you put yourself in Drake's shoes, what's the benefit of doing an academics interview? I don't think there is one. No. And I like Ak a lot on stream. I don't really care for his podcast. I don't think it's that good. I don't really think that he asks really great questions, to be all the way honest with you. Yeah. Um, and there's even been times where, and Vlad does the same shit, where he had friction with somebody online, whatever, whatever, and then they piece it up, do the interview, and the interview was nothing about none of the friction that went on or what the fucking you know, misunderstanding was. You know who show I would like to see Drake on outside of us? Joe Button. Absolutely. I think him on Joe with none of them. Yeah, none of the, the none of the other motherfuckers. One on one. The same one way on Joe one. did the one on one with Nikki. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't fuck the rest of them and not fuck them, but like yeah, yeah. in that that regard, I don't want to see them on a I would hate to see Drake there with six mics. That, he would never do it. That would drive me fucking crazy. But I think Drake one on one with Joe Button would be very, very good. Indeed. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see him on Drink Champs. Cause it would it would get like goofy, yeah. It would get to where it's like it's being silly more than it is informative, mm -hmm. or even addressing certain things that went on in and around his career. Right, right. Um, not many other I, like drink champs. I mean, a uh, a uh, uh, Breakfast Club wouldn't be like it would be like Charlemagne 
being the anti pessimist that he was in his early part of his career, like it, I wouldn't want to see that. Him with Joe Buttons would be very good. Yes, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing that. Did you see Joe Button talking about tax tone? Oh my god! And I wanted to get your thoughts on this because you were a tax fan. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that they had like an issue because you know I don't pay these niggas no mind. Yeah. What is the whole issue with Joe Button and tax? Apparently, there's a there's it's like a a media slash street issue. Okay. So essentially, it goes back to when Joe did when Tax Stone was on fire back in 2015, 2016, whatever, whatever. When Tax was on fire, Joe came on there, did Tax's interview. It's like a legendary moment because there was no interview. Them niggas just argued. He was like, what the fuck is wrong with this nigga? This nigga's a weirdo, such and such. Why would you bring this nigga here? This is Tax talking about Joe Button. I asked you a question. I can you dance this. around a question. What the fuck is wrong with this nigga? Get the fuck out of here, blah, blah, blah. I can, re- I can and, remember and, that. And, and so it's like, so juxtaposing that moment against now 2023, Joe has started to unearth certain behind-the-scenes shit that took place in order to crystallize why they have friction. Now, like, apparently, Tax Stone had a gun on him when Joe came to do the joint, and he was like, if you got a gun, why do you need a gun to do a podcast? And then number two, why do I know that you got a gun? at the, Like, what are you, like, he's basically saying, like, you were posturing like that you the street nigga, whatever, whatever, and I don't buy it. Like, I come from the streets too. I've transcended the streets. I don't care about the tough guy act or whatever, whatever. I rumbled your man, blah, blah, blah. You knew of me and you had really had a problem, like how you saying now from jail. Joe Button rumbled tax on me. Tax on me, yeah. Uh, okay. And then tax allegedly. He, had, he alluded to something like there was a. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and your yeah. man went around the around corner. The corner right. And he's like. And then he said that Tax went on Twitter the next day and gave up all the gory details of what happened. And he was like, I thought that was corny. So it's like, just being as objective as possible, Ooh. Joe made a ton of points as it relates to Tax Stone. And I think the biggest problem that people that are against Tax Stone have is you got bigger fish to fry than what's going on outside in this media landscape. And you keep sticking your nose in a lot of business that, one, nobody asks you about, and two, has nothing to fuck to do with you now in 2023 when you got 35 years hanging over your fucking So what head. is it that he keeps doing? Exactly? He just went on Twitter recently and was like, fuck Joe Button, you hoe-ass nigga, and da 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 Like, he just went crazy just on some tweets just randomly. Um, I think I could probably pull him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tax Stone Joe... Button. And that was a thread on Reddit. What did Joe Button fight that Tax Stone was talking about? Like, it's like a whole, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's become like a whole big-ass fucking thing. And it's just like, you know, a nigga that's in jail, like, with 35 years hanging over here, what are you going to do? Yeah. And as much as I like Tax, it's like, my nigga, what are you really going to do? From the 35 years in New York State penitentiary mm-hmm. system. Like, nothing. So how did you feel watching that rant? I mean, I respected it because he's he's speaking from a one-to-one experience. Like, I he he's not talking about conjecture or shit that he just saw. He's talking about shit that he was in. Like, I was there with you at this podcast interview. I got it on with your man. Mm-hmm. Me and you have had... Oh, so him and his homie rumbled at the podcast interview? At some other shit okay. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And, 
you know, they got a personal, they got a personal issue or whatever the case may be. I don't like the editorial slant that Joe put on the on the Troy Ave shit because it paints the picture that Troy Ave hands was clean and taxes bullying him for no reason. That's a lie. That's mm-hmm. not true. Troy Ave was doing a lot of bullshit behind the scenes yeah. with these indie artists, Brody and niggas out of songs, beating up producers, beating up media people, and this and this and this. And tax was on the tip like nigga, try to do it to me. Like you so tough and you running down on niggas and you dissing he had dissed the uh the bull from pro era that committed suicide and all of this so he was just and they from brooklyn they was he was doing a lot of nasty shit that people didn't agree with and wasn't no, hovain in that yeah little... Hov- and hovain was troy av's manager right and hove was like the peacemaker where it's like everybody fucked with hovain but during that era when he was with troy av nobody fucked with him because they like why are you with this clown ass nigga yeah. and then soon as the shit went down with troy av with him uh you know, he had him having street problems and all of that that started to materialize. Remember, niggas was shooting at him every week and all of that shit. He tried to dry snitch on social media and make it seem like Hovain and uh, Lido had something to do with it or they wasn't riding right and all of this old shit. And it's like, bro, the simplest thing I can say when it comes to these street issues unfolding online is what Birdman said famously in 1998. Beef, I, I don't, don't discuss. discuss. And yeah. it's like none of you niggas are keeping it solid. All of y'all are talking way too much on these goddamn socials. All of y'all are revealing way too much to the public. You know what I'm saying? To be so-called street niggas. And like I said on our episode we just did with Tone Trump, which should be out soon, all of that shit is a white flag to police and to law enforcement to say, if I'm having beef with this nigga, if something happened to me, look at him first. He probably did it. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree with none of that shit because all of y'all keep telling me you super gangster and y'all doing this, this, that, and a third. But as far as like what Joe said about tax, I have no problem with it other than the whole slant that he put on the Troy Ave part. That shit was false. Like, that is not true. And I'm not even in the New York ecosystem, but I know people that was around and it was a part of that shit and all of that. And I know that Troy Ave was on some bozo shit. Mm-hmm. And some and tax was the only one that had the heart to step up and say something and put the pressure back on Troy Ave that he was putting on other people. So the narrative of like, oh, you you had an online war of words with Troy Ave, and I thought that was corny. It's like, no, nah, nigga, it was past that. So that part aside, I didn't have no problem with the other seven or eight bullet points that he threw out there. Mm. It, the urban media landscape. It's exhausting. It's so, <laughs> it's so funny, y'all. Like, how did we get here where it's just all, like, you got all these major black media makers yeah. that all are hating on each other and don't fuck yeah. with each other. It's nonsense, yo. Like, Gillian Joe was just arguing for weeks on end and this and this and taking shots at each other. Woo, woo, woo. Joe come on the show and they basically had a bad show because the tension is still there mm-hmm. from the issue, but it's like, alright, so we gonna still have intention on air. Why are we doing this? Oh, because it's content over everything. We gotta get the content out, so like, yeah. let's just have attention on air and just put out a bad show. And everybody that's watching is like, this is a bad show. Like every the universal review is this a bad show. So at that point, you were what? Better off not doing this. Right. <laughs> like right. it's very simple. But you know, everybody's got content mandates. Niggas gotta release a podcast every week or every two weeks, whatever they schedule people on. Joe, three, four, five podcasts a week, whatever fucking case may be. Motherfuckers got content mandates and it's like that content spawns more content more conversation and more instagram lives and more tweets and more and it's just like this whole content machine that's like really fueled by hatred and negativity and it's like yo at what point do it's like 
it's like the music game has become completely soft. We got all the soft niggas in the music game. So all the tough niggas and the, the niggas that, that'll yeah. fight you and pistol whip you and all of that, they either dead in jail or move removed from the music game. Now all the tough shit is going on in the podcast, podcast and in the media game. And it's weird as hell. Yeah. I, and I don't understand it. It's like, how did the media space, like you could get punched in the face by a podcaster before a rapper now. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is, that, ain't that shit crazy? That's the guy's out of truth. Podcast niggas roll on you faster than a rap group. <laughs> That's hilarious, yo. And it's like, how the fuck did we get here? Like, we completely shifted the energy. Yo, it was something you was right about. I wanted to tell you, and I done forgot it. What, right before this, we was talking about Drake um, and why he wouldn't do act shit. Oh, because of the Erica Badu and the scissors shit and all yeah, of that. Yeah, I and forgot it now. It'll come to me. But it was something I was I was gonna say. I was like, yeah, you was absolutely right when I was looking at something. I can't think of what the fuck it was. I know it was something around the, the Drake something. Um Damn. It's like right there, but I just I can't think of it. Yeah. You said that he uh what the fuck did you say? All right. I had it right before we transitioned to the Joe Button. Yeah. To the, uh, to the, uh, Joe Button. Joe tech Button shit. tech shit. Yeah. But I, I, I forgot it now. And I'm on the spot. So you know that shit. <laughs> yeah. Never, yeah. It, you know it, it'll come to you at some point. Yeah. Straight up. But yeah, I got nothing else for this, man. Hey, man. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all, man. Um, uh, as usual, you know, this is, uh, the, the, the best part of what we do, man. These, these, these topical shows and stuff like that. Just talking about what's going on in the environment and the world and all of that at large. Uh, make sure y'all pray. Make, uh, make dua for, uh, for Marrakesh and Morocco. Um, if y'all have, uh, you know, any little extra little funds y'all want to send five, ten dollars, whatever to their relief fund, please do so because those people desperately need it. Um, you know, outside of that, man, uh, shout out to 14th and Market, the best and uh, number one black advertising and marketing company in the world who empowers us and, you know, looks out for us on all these different events and installations that we want to do. TRP Nation Brunch is taking place Sunday, September 24th. That's an open Sunday. I know football is back, but there's no Eagle football that day. Come rock out with us at Billy Penn Studios, 1516 North 5th Street. Celebrate that. Go to officialtrpe.com. Click the events tab. Get your tickets to that. That's the only event that we got on sale right now. And look out for a live show announcement coming soon for either December or January. We're working out the kinks and figuring and all of that out if we're going to do a holiday show and an anniversary show or one or the other. Absolutely. Other than that, man. Uh, I was sitting over here while you was talking, trying my hardest. To figure it out. <laughs> Dude, you said how quiet is something to see that I got. I still can't figure this shit. I know as soon as we cut this shit off. Yeah. We talked about Drake. The bras, we talked about Drake not doing tax. I mean, not doing... What's his name? Uh, academic show. Academic show. The Erica Badu and SZA Badu angle. SZA. Women hating academics. Women hating that. Then we went from what I'd like to see Drake on is Joe Button. I, I, no, <laughs> I, I got nothing. Recapped it and still ain't got it. Yeah, we out, man. Peace. Peace. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.